Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another thrilling episode of Views on View. I am Steve Edwards, the host of the Facebook Radio and the voice for being a mime, but I'm still your host. Today, I'm flying solo on the panel, and with me, I have a name that is well known in the view training community, Adam Jar of View Mastery. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You sure? With that cough there, I wasn't sure if you were <laughs> right. doing well or not. <laughs> I had just taken a sip of hot coffee, so we're, uh, we're, we're, we're caffeinated and we're good. Caffeinated. I like that. That's good. <laughs> um, and then also, before we, uh, before we move on any further, I'd like to welcome in our studio audience. Okay, thank you, audience. It's always nice to have them. They don't make a lot of sound during, but it's yeah. the moral support I know that I appreciate when I'm recording. Oh, big, big crowd today. Huge, huge. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood. I've been talking to a whole bunch of people that want to update their resume and find a better job. And I figure, well, why not just share my resume? So you, if you go to topendevs.com slash resume, enter your name and email address, then you'll get a copy of the resume that I use that I've used through freelancing through most of my career as I've kind of refined it and tweaked it to get me the jobs that I want. Uh, Like I said, topendevs.com slash resume will get you that. And uh, you can just kind of use the formatting. It comes in Word and Pages formats, and you can just fill it in from there. So um, as I mentioned, Adam Jar is well known in the view community for his view mastery and the training uh, that he provides there with Greg Pollack. And so, uh, as I've mentioned in previous uh, episodes recently, uh, probably about, it was released back in April or May, if I remember, I did a very basic course on uh, Next 3, uh, just getting up and going with Next 3. I think it was called Intro to Next 3, or I forget what it was titled now that I think about it. Next 3 Essentials. No, there you go. It It was an essential course. Thank you. And so I worked quite a bit with Adam and his crew uh, on the creation of that uh, video of that course. And so I thought I'd bring Adam on to uh, just to talk about that and what's involved in what he does and how he does it, because they make some really awesome videos. Uh, now, in the past, we've had Greg Pollock, his partner in crime, on here. And I will put uh, links to that episode in the show notes. Greg, to this day, I still say Greg has the smoothest voice of anybody I've heard in a training video. It's like butter. Yeah, definitely uh, a voice. Uh, definitely a voice uh, for radio, for sure. Yes, exactly. Yes, uh, unlike mine. But uh, anyway, so before we get going and into all of you mastery, why don't you give us some background on yourself, uh, Adam, uh, who you are, why you're famous, what your development and training history is, and then we'll delve into the nitty gritty. Sure. Uh, yep. So I'm Adam Jar. I am the co-founder of View Mastery. So we strive to be the ultimate learning resource for View developers, providing them really everything they need to succeed in their field, whether they're seeking to level up their career, maybe they're seeking a promotion, or maybe they're coming from um, either vanilla JavaScript, fresh out of code school, something like that, and they're looking for a streamlined way to get up to a professional level of view skills. And that's what our platform provides for people. Um, And so my background is in education training. We've had this company, we started up in uh, 2017 and have been growing it and building up the platform ever since. And uh, before that, I was a part of an in-person coding uh, coding boot camp. So um, had a lot of kind of on the ground experience seeing people going from really zero to hero, so to speak, where maybe they're uh, 
in the service industry or in education or wherever their background was, we took them from that place of pretty much knowing nothing about programming and uh, getting them up to the point that they could be hireable as a junior level developer. So that was a really key part of my experience professionally of really seeing what it takes to educate people, kind of seeing where people's maybe roadblocks are, the common areas that people have confusion around. And so I I always apply that empathy um, to not make assumptions about what people may or may not know and kind of have that as a common denominator whenever I'm producing content um, in the back of my head, especially the, the really fundamental essential content with um keep keeping that experience in mind um so yeah so that's kind of where where i where i come from and and where we're going is we're continuing to uh make the platform of benefit to the existing subscribers and anyone else who who uh decides to join us in the months and years to come um always producing content on really the latest topics you know for example when Vuex switched over to become Pinia. We uh, started producing Pinia content right away, and we do that really with anything. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So you went into detail there about your training background and and how much you've done training and your education and so on. How much of a developer background do you have? Have you like worked for an agency or done side project or worked for large companies or do you what's that like? So, yeah, so I've done some like freelancing work, but I've actually never worked for a uh, company as a um, developer beyond the development work that I've done um, for like within the roles of my education um, uh, profession. So in other words, I've um, built things that were necessary within those roles uh, in terms of uh, web apps and also built every web app for the courses that we've built. But um, my my experience really starts and and uh, hones in on the the education part of it and really developing um, that 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 refined approach to creating content that is simple to digest but also gets you there quicker. What what I found is that a lot of people think that producing a lot of content is the kind of key to success, and that's that's part of it, but the bigger part is producing the right kind of content that gets people to their end goals as quickly and and smoothly as possible. And I think that's kind of the secret sauce that we're probably going to touch on and, and, and unpack here in this episode of kind of how to bake that cake. But um, yeah, that's been really my focus throughout my career is to create the highest quality content that gets people to their professional goals um, as, as, as simply and swiftly as possible. Yeah. I, well, I suppose that's true for any business, right? Uh, if you're making stuff that nobody wants, then <laughs> you're not going to really be very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you're selling goods or services or, or training or whatever, that's, uh, that's for sure. Now I know that, uh, side note, you guys, you and Greg used to do the view news podcast. It was a little we did, like, yeah. five, 10 minute, you know, roundup of news. Cause I know I used to listen to it all the time. Uh, you quit doing that a while ago. Am I right? I, yeah, we quit, quit a, a number of years ago. 
Um, but when we when we first started, so we did it for a couple of years. Uh, it was a weekly podcast where we really did a kind of a, a roll up of the week's biggest news in the view community. Um, so we focused on maybe updates to libraries and plugins, new releases. We also focused on different articles and kind of approaches and best practices that we were noticing and kind of summed that all up in about five to ten minutes um, each week. Um, over time, we, we did um, stop doing that and we focused a little more on, on the, the blog content and, and the video content. Um, we, we found that that was a, of more value to, to the community, ultimately. Right. So one of the questions I always have uh, and this isn't a long topic, it's just business models of, of people mm -hmm. like this. So, you know, you get places like, say, a Udemy or something where you can buy courses as a one-off versus subscription services. So View Mastery is like a subscription, right? You pay a monthly or yearly fee, and then you have access to all the content uh, exactly, as it becomes yep. available, right? Yep, we've got three different uh, subscription plans. So we have monthly, we have annual, and then we have also teams. So we have a lot of companies who either are using Vue or starting to use Vue or contemplating using Vue um, who come on as a team. Um, so yeah, so so that's we're, we're a recurring revenue subscription-based uh, learning platform. But at the same time, not everything is locked behind a paywall. I know, for instance, you'll put some stuff on YouTube, right? Like a teaser, a first episode for a course, or even make them available the intro ones available on your platform uh, for someone to see, right? Sort of entice them and say, hey, this looks interesting. I want to pony up and get a membership here. Yeah, so the the uh, we definitely have a bunch of free content. Um, and the the reason behind that is twofold. Um, one, it's it's great content, you know, if not to pat ourselves too hardly on the back, but um, we want to share the work that we're doing. And um, especially with the, that intro uh, content, so a lot of our intro courses and also the first two lessons of every course, regardless of if it's fundamentals or advanced, um, they're all free for people to consume. Um, and that has always been true and will always be true. So whether that is uh, stuff that we repost over on YouTube or if it's uh, internally on our platform um, over at viewmaster.com, you can watch all of the initial two lessons of the course for free. Um, so yeah, so point one is we just like to get our brand out there, get our content out there, give people, um, especially with that intro content, you know, we have our, our intro to view three courses fully free. Uh, we like to give people that starting place for free. And then if you want to commit beyond that, um, of course, that functions as an, an enticement, as you say, into becoming a paid subscriber if, if the if the way that we teach resonates with the way that you learn, if you're into uh, high quality video content, if you appreciate maybe visual animations that help reinforce concepts, that's really our approach. And again, we do so in a in a more succinct way. So you still get the same value as you might in a kind of more longer drawn out uh, video that you'd find somewhere else, but the quality and the edit and the pre-planning is done in such a way that you can get that same value in a much shorter time. So I've noticed on your site that you also, and I've seen this when I've searched, is you also have view conference videos like ViewComp, uh, yep. Connect.Tech. Uh, are these, do you guys have, I don't think you have like sole license to publish these because these are all also on YouTube. Is that correct or am I mistaken? 
Um, so I think it would depend on the specific conference. So we 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 have over the since 2018 um, over the years amassed a collection of conference videos. Um, so I think we're we're actually the biggest collection of, of view conference videos on, on the internet. So you can find that all on the like conference tab of viewmastery.com. But um, we have essentially accumulated those by becoming sponsors over the years of those conferences. And so we've essentially become the video sponsor of, of conference XYZ. We do a lot of work with, uh, with ViewConf US um, and we go to View Amsterdam and you mentioned Connect Tech and we go to View Toronto. So um, we definitely have a number of, of those conference talks and, and we do republish them over on, on YouTube as well. Um, to yeah to to share share the knowledge really so they're not part of subscription they're just available available to anybody who comes to the site then yeah none of them are behind a paywall so you wouldn't have to have a paid subscription to watch them of course if you have a paid subscription that that is part of the platform but um you could watch them entirely for free awesome okay so uh, let's talk about the growth of your organization. So you and Greg were the initial partners. Is that how it started out? Yep, exactly. So it definitely started out with, with he and I, and we started out with, so for people who might not know, uh, who Greg is or what his history is, he started codeschool.com, uh, back in the day and, and built that up to be the best place to to learn a bunch of different programming languages. Um, and I think how he would describe it is like the best way to start learning programming language X, whether that's, you know, Python or, or Ruby or whatnot. Um, he actually has a big history in, in Ruby on Rails, creating, creating the uh, Rails for Zombies course, which I actually have come across a number of courses over the years now that's like taking that same model, I was just looking at a smart contract course, uh, I think it was a solidity course, solidity for, for zombies, but um, he's had quite the impact on the, on the tech education space. And so we took everything he learned and we wanted to apply that into a new learning platform and kind of combine forces um, and me bring kind of my in-person coding uh, bootcamp uh, experience to the table. And we looked at a number of emerging technologies. And again, this was 2017 at the time. So we were comparing uh, kind of metrics of a number of them. And at the end of the day, uh, Vue seemed like the best choice. And that's essentially the, the horse that we bet on, so to speak. And it's turned out to be um, a winner. It's, it's only continued to grow over the years and, and um, not only grow in terms of its adoption and popularity, but also the ecosystem and, and the the strength and quality of the libraries within it. And so we're very happy with with the choice that we made and are, you know, full full devotees to the view ecosystem. So side note being the geek that I am, I'm just curious, what platform is your site built on? What do you use for back end uh, I, I dare ask, is it view on the front end? <laughs> it, it is view right. and it's, it's specifically Nux that we're using. And, um, on the back end, we're, we're using, uh, we're Firebase is, is our back end. Oh, okay. All right. So then, okay. So you started out obviously with the two of you and then as you've grown along, obviously you, people like me came in, you've got people doing courses from you. How was 
that growth? How did that happen? Was it fast? Did it take a while before you finally got some traction and then people started coming? Because you obviously have, you know, courses from Evan Yu, who knows a thing or two about Vue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some other core people, I believe. So uh, how does that all work? Or how did that grow? And then how does it work now? Yeah. So at the beginning, it, it was Greg and myself producing the content, um, whether we were producing our own courses or teaming up to do uh, a course together. And then as we continue to build the brand and build our audience, um, we got you know, more and more eyes on, on our content. And, and we um, also got interest in other creators or, or, or people who wanted to start uh, partnering with us who, you know, you mentioned Evan. Um, we, earlier on, we also partnered with some core team members like uh, Damien Dulish. Um, and so that was kind of an incremental process of as we as we built the brand online, as we built our social uh, platforms, as we attended in-person conferences, we just started to build that network and um, find interesting people who had stuff to offer our subscribers. And uh, whether we partnered with, for example, Ben Hong was one of our earlier, <coughs> excuse me, earlier instructors. And uh, with him, we, we taught him our entire process. And so he is a He's very independent in terms of um, producing content and and has taken our process and put a spin on it. And uh, and he's creating, you know, some of my favorite content on, on the platform. And uh, so there's there's people like that who we kind of said, here's this week long training, you know, a boot camp, so to speak, on how what what is the view mastery way of producing content and and have partnered with with him and people like him ever since. And then there's other uh, aspects where we uh, kind of plug into uh, experts. Like, for example, when we uh, do content with with Evan, it's it's not like we're asking him to build animation sequences like 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 we would internally. We might layer that on on top of what he uh, is doing, but we focus his time on providing his expertise in the best, most fluid way that that he knows how. And, and we kind of add our you know, secret sauce on top of that. Right. So, you know, just by way of uh, backstory, the way I came to work for you was through a post on View Jobs. Yeah. Uh, yep. If I remember correctly, there was, I happened to be looking one day, I, you know, it's not something I look at every day, but I happened to look and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. And so I had done, I had done some conference talks and stuff before, but hadn't really done any video training. Mm -hmm. And so if I remember correctly, you asked us to send you a demo video. Yep. And so I whipped up something with mono snap and I did a, I still have the project saved, I think, where I created a quick view uh, front end that queried the dad joke API. I think it's called I can has dad joke mm -hmm. and displayed a random dad joke, but which obviously what you were more interested in wasn't the finished product as much as how I taught. Mm -hmm. Right. And and how I explain things. And so the email I got from you is, hey, you seem like a quote unquote natural explainer. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I like uh -huh. that. Yeah. And we yeah. went from there. And you know, for me, that's something I've always been pretty good at is, is breaking down, break, taking a fuzzy topic and breaking it down into details so that people can understand it. But uh, I was curious, did you get many other people through that view jobs posting or uh, has it mostly been just sort of a word of mouth? Um, you know, networking type of thing. Uh, yeah, so I did get a number of responses. You were actually uh, the one person that that was chosen to make the course. So, oh, so kudos to you. And and uh, 
Yeah. So what, uh, it's funny that you remember my specific feedback to you, but that was true. It was, um, what, what, what I look for when I, when I look in, whether it's for, for a blog writer or, or an actual full course creator is someone who is at the core, an explainer who goes step by step, who has that empathy and, and really has the, the, the heart and mind to be an educator. And, and I, I think maybe, maybe some people think, oh, I'm a really great developer. I should start producing content and then they'll produce content that makes a bunch of assumptions and, and doesn't really address incrementally how to do something and maybe shows the how, but not the why. Um, and I think that's the biggest error that people make when they produce content is they'll they'll say, OK, we'll repeat after me. And then you watch the video and you said, well, I, I repeat repeated after you but now i'm kind of helpless unless i need to do this exact same situation i don't you know it's the old idiom of you can uh you know you can give a man a fish or you can teach a man to fish and that's that's really what 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 true education is about obviously and 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 that is best accomplished when you interweave the how with the why so that uh you can make people independent and self-sufficient when when they finish uh, your videos and they can apply that and map that over to their use cases. And so that's what I identified in you. I, I identified that core explainer aspect of you. And it's probably something you've you developed over years of whether it's like mentoring people in, in your work role or hours of podcasting and, and using your voice in a in a in a way to explain things in a simplified and streamlined way and um yeah and also i appreciated your 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 use case uh with the dad jokes and and the humor that you and personality that you infused into your application video hey there this is charles maxwood i'm excited because i wanted to let you know about this thing that i pulled together that i had just I've been dying to have this for years and I never felt like I could. And then I just realized that there's no reason why I can't. So um, I'm putting together a book club and we're going to read development focused books, career books, you know, uh, technical books, whatever. The first book that we're going to do is going to be Clean Architecture by Uncle Bob Martin. If you're not familiar with Clean Code or some of the other stuff that Bob has done, check that out. I've also talked to him on the Clean Coders podcast, which is on Top End Devs. But uh, yeah, we're going to get on. He's going to show up to some of our meetings. And what I'm thinking is we'll probably have like five or six people uh, part of the conversation along with Bob and I at the same time. And we'll just uh, so somebody can come on, they can ask their question. And then and we'll just ro rotate people through. So we'll we'll mute one person, unmute another person when it's their turn to come on and, and be part of the discussion. So we'll do that for like an hour, hour and a half. And then the other part of it that I'm putting together is just kind of a meet and greet gather area on Gather Town. And so after the the meetup and the call, what we'll do is we'll all go over to Gather Town and you can just log in, walk up to a group and have a conversation. And that way we can all kind of get to know each other and and make friends and, and get to know people across the world. Uh, one thing that I'm finding is that, yeah, the meetups are starting to come back, but a lot of people don't have the opportunity to go to a meetup. And I really want to meet you guys and talk to you. So we're going to put all that together. It'll all be part of that book club. You can go to topendevs.com slash book club to be part of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. The first book club meeting will be in December, the beginning of December. We're starting the first week of December. and um, you'll also be part of the conversation about which book we do next. I have one in mind, but I want to see where everybody's at. So there you go. 
Yeah, that was fun. We'll get to that in a second. But um, I guess um, the analogy that I think of, you know, you were talking about someone being a good developer versus being a good trainer is I often think of the professional athlete who retires and decides to become a coach. And yeah, more often than not, they fail than succeed. You know, it's, it's, I can, you know, the sports landscape is littered with, with former athletes who became coaches and just failed because they were great as a player, but, but not as someone who can teach and train other people. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely, uh, it's, it's an intrinsic characteristic. You can't, it's almost, it's hard to teach somebody how to teach. Yeah, uh, there, there's some things you can teach and there's some things you can't, um, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting. My daughter is uh, is in her last year of getting her education degree to oh, be a cool. primary school teacher. And so, you know, as I watch her and the coursework that she goes through and the things that she learns how to incorporate into uh, into her classroom and her, her teaching, that's part of it. But if she didn't have the personality that she does, which really inspires kids and, you know, makes things fun for them, then she wouldn't be a good teacher. You know, she could have all the information, but if she can't convey it in a way that makes people interested, then the good information doesn't really matter a hill of beans. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of why why I mentioned the personality aspect that I appreciated about your application video and and said, like, you got to have both the heart and the mind, meaning like the, the personality, the, the empathy, all of that, but and also the technical skills and also understand kind of the mechanics of how to produce content that is effective and doesn't just waste people's time and and, and leaves them with a fish they can eat, but but no fishing pole. Right. Yeah, I like I like to train, but. Um, you know, and I've done it in various places, whether it's it's been in the tech world, you know, software, uh, whether it's been, you know, back to my early software days where I would travel around to customers and teach them how to use our software that I'd help develop. Or once I became a developer or even in the fire service, you know, I was training other, you know, volunteer firefighters on different things. I'm not the kind of person that could be just a full time trainer <laughs> where I go out and and I learn something so that I can teach other people. What I prefer to do is it's more like, okay, I've been using this for a while. I'm familiar with it. I know how this is cool. Now I want to show other people how to do the same thing. And so I'll go off and do some training, but not like if I just couldn't do the full time. I'm a professional trainer. That's, mm-hmm. that's not my thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So the next thing I wanted to delve into is view mastery videos and how much different they are than almost any other software training course you teach out that is out there. You know, whether you look at Maximilian Schwartzmiller or some of those other trainers on Udemy, whether you watch Jeffrey Way at Laracast, whether you watch, you know, my buddy Eric Hanchett and all the video he does on program with Eric, almost all of them, it's always um, not as structured, shall we say. <laughs> um, you know, it's basically they're, they've got, uh, they're recording their screen and they have their code editor and then maybe they'll flip over and show you um, the browser and the effects. And then you'll have um, your, maybe it's a database tool if you're looking at your data, whether it's Mongo or SQL or, or something like that. As compared to the view mastery stuff where you've got effects and sliding in and highlighting code and, and, um, and it's very professionally done. It looks very professional. Um, and makes it easy to follow along so you can see what they're doing, along with, you know, interspersing the uh, the teacher being on camera and so yep. on. And so 
before we get into some of that nitty gritty and I can share some of my experiences, um, was that a decision made from the very beginning that we want to be visibly different than all the other view training courses? Was that just something sort of developed as you went along or how did you get to that point where like, okay, we want to do this in this way that's very different yeah. from everybody else? Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent question. And it really boils down to the the why for why Greg and I started to started this project together. Because um, he, again, came from code school, and, and those are very highly produced, highly polished uh, videos. And he had all that experience producing high quality uh, learning content from that. And then for me, I was... Um, again, seeing the ways in which people were struggling in person, especially learning this all from scratch. And I was producing uh, live presentations that were kind of the live version of, of the code school type course. And so um, we, we kind of took our two approaches and combined it. And, and that's really the view mastery approach. And so you mentioned, you know, the the, the, the high level of production that's involved. And to really um, summarize it, it's about making abstract concepts concrete so you can visually see what we're talking about. And that not only helps you grok the new concept as you're learning it, but it gives us kind of iconography and symbols that we can reintroduce throughout the course to remind you and reinforce that same analogy and so it's like over over the the duration of the course you're getting this really clear um kind of visual analogy for the technology that you're working with we're not just simply staring at um code and explaining how it works we're literally showing you how it works with these uh detailed um, in motion animations. Um, so we highly focus on the animations. Also, it's really important to us that we have a nice balance of you seeing the instructor when you need to and not seeing them when you don't need to, meaning often it's better to just see the code and not have like a face blocking some bits um, you know, I'm sure we can all uh, empathize with watching a video maybe on YouTube and you're like, yes. but I, I, I can't see this this last part of the line because you didn't move where your face was. Um, so little things like that, of course, we avoid. <clears throat> um, but also it's really important for us to bring the instructor on. So like, you know, maybe you need to go deeper or say a caveat or, you know, you might think this, but it's actually this. So those moments are really great to bring the instructor on and to kind of take a pause, do a kind of pulse check on where we're at in, in the concept, in the lesson. And uh, additionally, screencasting is a huge, huge component. Um, instead of just returning, uh, excuse me, uh, hitting record and recording the whole uh, aspect of us building something from start to finish, we really pre-plan and parcel out these like incremental snippets. And this allows us to be very intentional about the order in which we're teaching. And sometimes we'll reorder things uh, prior to the kind of final filming to make it as smooth and incremental as possible. And we're also utilizing the features within the screencasting program that we use <clears throat> to 
I, I, I describe it as, as we're, we're ice, isolating focus and we're saying, okay, so we have a limited amount of time with this person and we've got, you know, their entire screen and we need to show them where to look when. And so how we achieve that is we might say like, okay, so you see this line of code here and then we blur everything but that line of code. And you see how this, you know, maybe it's like passing a parameter over to here. And then we draw a line and highlight that other uh, line of code. So we're very intentional, very specific about isolating that focus exactly where it needs to be. Um, so you're not just kind of pointing with your words, but you're giving the, the, the viewer really no choice but to look exactly where they need to look. And, and that lightens the kind of cognitive load of the learner so that they, they're just absorbing exactly what you need to uh, have them absorb. Um, and then, of course, you layer on top those animations and those symbols, and it just helps get, again, like I started the conversation, get them where you want to be, uh, quicker and more simply again obviously creating the content is not simple at all but the outcome in terms of receiving that uh content um is a much more simplified and succinct way to learn we found right so i guess what i i'd be we can talk about through the lens of how the process that i went through um is what i sort of like to get out there's the amount of detail and planning that went into this so because you're screencasting and then you have to come back and you have to, you know, do your highlights and moves and stuff like that. I basically scripted out everything yep. <laughs> in yep. Notion. We decided, you and I sat down and decided, okay, so we want to try to keep it to so many episodes, no more than so many minutes long, because if you get in episodes that are too long, then you lose interest, right? And then somebody, they start to get bored or maybe you're distracted. And so you want to do it long enough to get the information across, but not too long so that you bore them. Yep. And so we used Notion and went in and broke it down in episodes and I scripted out, okay, I want to say this and this and this. And I was, you know, I had thought, okay, this is sort of a general thing. I was amazed when you guys came back through and said, okay, so we're going to insert this video here and this video here, and we're going to do this highlight here. It was really mm -hmm. incredibly precise, really incredibly precise in, into how we did it. Now, for those that are not into screencasting and screen flow, it is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I tried and we wrestled with it. And I don't remember if it was just monitor issues on my end and shared monitors or what it was, but we finally said, okay, we're going to have somebody from you mastery do this for you. You just tell us, <laughs> give us the repo and we're going to let him do it because he's really good at what he does and he can do it a heck of a lot quicker. And I was very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. It took a lot of a lot of stress off me. So Andy is yeah, is very good at at editing and and you know highlighting and doing all the things you need to do um, very quickly. So is I know you'd mentioned to me maybe before and edit if we need to take this out we can. So it's up to you. But you'd mentioned that maybe you would have him do some of that screen flow instead of the course creator, so that the course creator can function on what they're good at and just providing the code. Is that uh, how you've been doing things going forward? Yeah, we have. And and I think we had that initial conversation right when we first uh, spoke on video about kind of how we were experimenting a bit with with the way that we were partnering with you. And um, 
it was it was a bit of a trial and error, error period and i think that was really the major sticking point was was screen flow and it's it's so precise so specific on how we use it and it's also very tedious i think that's probably the best word for it um and 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 like you said not for the faint of heart and so yeah so with with other people we've partnered with since then we have kept that as an in-house piece of the production process because it's just something we've we've refined and um it's going to be a lot quicker and we're going to get exactly what we um had intended um to keep that part of the of the kind of production pie in-house so thanks for kind of being that that testing ground for us the guinea pig i was i was preferring to think of it you mentioned trial and error trial and error yeah. i was the error Ooh, <laughs> right so so anyway so i i did that now actually i had to create the code obviously and yep. you know create the demo app that you're you're building from start to scratch you know from start to finish in my case we literally went through installing you know, from the command line and getting your app up and running. And then you're going to open this file and do this and change. So you see this, and then we're going to create components and do our search and all that kind of stuff. And then have a repository, a GitHub repository that I could share. And then, and then Andy went from there. So now the other part of this is the video, the actual recording, the scripting, you know, the camera work and all that stuff. And that's where Nils comes in. Yeah, Nils was the video recorder editor guy, and he was he was a ton of fun to work with. Um, yeah, and so what we did, I thought was interesting, was we used I have an iPhone, and we used my iPhone camera, mm-hmm. and I got a little stand, and we have a little app on there, and I forget what it was called, but some sort of app that we could use to record my video, and then what we would do is we would get on Zoom, so we'd synchronize together. And then I would uh, set up my phone and read through the script and record. Okay, you need to record up to here. And then we need to record it up to here. And obviously, we had to make sure I had to go through and check and make sure that my script matched the screen flow because I had the screen and I could see what was going on. Yeah. And so he and I would sit and record. And we did it. I think we did it for six videos. We did two sessions of a couple hours each, just recording. And, and, and Nils is crazy detailed on mm-hmm. he's he's a video guy he's not a code geek by any stretch of the imagination he's just a video guy and recording and editing and stuff and he's got a lot of video production background if i remember correctly but yep. the amount of times that he would have me say lines over and over maybe put more inflection on this or less inflection here or say it in a brighter tone mm-hmm. or or that kind of thing it was incredibly detailed um and fortunately, I just talked over and over, and then he got to go <laughs> cut it apart and edit it and and do all that background technical stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was crazy the amount of of work and, and expertise that he had to make it sound really good. You know, my voice I can be. I always joke, you know, I have the face for radio and the voice for being a mime because mimes are silent. Yeah, and so <laughs> I really have to uh, to work to pep it up to say things that don't sound like I'm mad at somebody, you know, <laughs> yeah. make it sounds like make some, somebody wants, make it a voice that somebody wants to listen to. And so he was really able to do a very good job about uh, bringing that out of me. And, and at least I hope so <laughs> making it yeah. somewhat presentable. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah. Nils is, is awesome. We, we're actually before working together in this project, we've, we've been friends for years. Um, but uh, he, is like you said a video guy he he has a master's in film actually so he's done 
feature length documentaries. Oh, he's, wow. uh, you know, he's done a lot of uh, work where he's um, been interviewing people live. And, and so he's, 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 has directing experience. So that all kind of bundles into a really nice package for hitting all the notes that we're looking for in terms of, like you said, um, I kind of struggle with that too. I can be a little more monotonous unless I'm like intentional with adding color and inflection and whatnot. So I'm glad that uh, that was useful for you to have that kind of real time direction and uh, to get that feedback on like, yeah, but say it, say it again and say it a little different. And, and so it's important to us that people have that support when they're recording with us so that they aren't just like speaking into the void of a camera and, and hoping that it's, sounds good but um so so yeah it's important for us to especially with people's uh, first uh, initial courses and, and uh, until they get that kind of under their belt to give them that direction and to um give them that support along the way so that we get a better final product so that you feel highly supported and um so that you're learning things as you go to be a better kind of on-camera personality to um, teach more effectively because there's ways to use your face, use your inflection, use your almost like point with your voice, so to speak, um, to make things even clearer um, than maybe you would naturally say something. Right. Right. And so one of the fun things we did to, if you've watched this, you'll notice this at the end was we got, we sort of got to add my personality into some of this, you know, at the end of every podcast episode, I do the dad jokes and I obviously did the dad jokes, you know, as the demo. And yeah. so at the at the end of every episode, there's six uh, chapters or episodes, whatever we call them. Um, we do a section on cringeworthy dad jokes, uh-huh. which was uh, funny. And all all I knew, I remember, all I knew was that we were adding a dad joke. And then I saw the first one and had this whole title, cringeworthy. And I messaged Adam's like, cringeworthy? Are they really that bad? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, said, I think I said no. I, that's good. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. I, and just I think it. that's. That's the metric of a good dad joke if it makes you cringe. Exactly. And I make people <laughs> cringe all the time, let me tell yeah. you. But uh, yeah, so that was fun uh, to be able to do that. And I just picked up six of my more recent ones and we threw them in there and then they edited it in and and that was that. So yeah, I'm glad that uh, that y'all were able to add that additional color and that element of your personality. And really, at this point, it's part of your personal brand. Your dad yeah, it, is. <laughs> it is for sure. Sort of funny. I just had, I get to the point where my daughter's, my son's uh, girlfriend messaged me this morning with another dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was like, I like it when people provide them and bring them on for sure. <laughs> so then uh, after I did all the recording and stuff, then it was pretty much up to your crew to get it all packaged together and to post it on Viewmastery and YouTube. So it was nice for me you know, obviously we talked about me being the heir and figuring out, yeah, he really shouldn't do this screen flow stuff. But as a creator, you know, I can focus on what I need to do without getting stressed out about all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking there's this one story. There's, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to Dave Ramsey. I have, yeah. He's a real, you know, financial peace university. He's a real financial guru guy. And I went through his course a number of years ago. And he mentions a story um, about, uh, allowing people to focus on what they do. And he told the story about a friend of his who had a car dealership and, uh, the sales weren't really where they could be. And, and he thought they could be doing better, but couldn't figure out what to do. So 
uh, Dave went in there and, you know, sort of checked the place out and, and looked around. And he said, the problem is you've got these guys that are salesmen and they're really good at sales, but they're all bogged down with paperwork and all this other administrative paperwork stuff that they're having to, to take this time apart to do. He says, why don't you get somebody to do that for them? You know, administrative assistant, whatever term or role you want to do that takes that off so they can just focus on selling and get their sale. And he said the guy did that and his sales just went through the roof mm-hmm. because they were able to focus on what they did best. So that was one thing I really appreciated about that, uh, you know, being having that backing and and being able to do that. Now, as I understand, I, I forget there was one of your people had messaged me in Slack at one point and said, hey, we've got quite the waiting list you know, people that are looking forward to this class. Now, is it true that when this course, my course was released, it almost crashed your servers? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm really, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> almost, but we, we weathered the storm. You weathered the storm, had to <laughs> yeah. ramp up a few extra servers and yeah, yeah. cloud stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Had to send in the, send in the troops, so we, we got it done. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it was good for me, you know, and part of doing that course was, you know, when, when you and I first hooked up, I had a, we were trying to decide, okay, what do we want to do a course on? And I had some ideas and you're like, no, we got people really asking for Nuxt stuff mm-hmm. at this point in time. So we decided to go down the Nuxt route. And, you know, they say that if you want to learn something, teach it. Oh, and yeah. So yeah. <laughs> this was so true for me because I, I have done Nuxt sites and I've done a lot of Nuxt stuff in the past, but it was all version two, version three. And right. I hadn't had a chance. And I was very fortunate in that I had a resource that I could pull from a Daniel Rowe. Um, because Daniel has been on this podcast two or three times to talk about Nux because he is on the Nux core team. Mm-hmm. And so he knows very well, you know, how stuff works and all the intricate details. And and so I pinged him a couple of times on uh, Discord and said, hey, Daniel, can we set aside some time to help me with this? And so mm-hmm. I got his time and he helped me get things up and going. So that was a that was a very huge help. I was very fortunate to have that to, yeah. to get me up and going for sure. Yeah. Thank gratitude to him for for lending the support because he knows obviously the inside out of of not only how things works, uh, but like the why and, and what they considered, but actually did implement. So it's yeah, always the core team members are such excellent resources. We utilize them throughout throughout our platform. You know, Ed- Eduardo Postfa being being one of them. Um, so whenever you can get the inside of a, of the brilliant minds that are kind of like constructing the tools that we're using, it's always the the best way to go. Yeah, for sure. I uh, well, what's interesting is the time frame in which we were recording this was it was still in beta mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. in beta it wasn't even you know 1.0 hadn't been released and so things could be changing and i think yeah. at some in fact i remember at one point one of the things that changed from the time i started till we ended and andy had to point this out to me was for instance the suggested structure of the component in terms of putting the script at the top instead of the template at the top mm-hmm. yeah um, and that was one of the things he had changed and i saw that i said did i miss something here he said yeah you did <laughs> that's sort of the suggested, <laughs> right. pointed me to the view docs i was like oh okay good to know i'm glad glad we did that so yeah that makes it more fun to, <laughs> to be doing a course while the ground underneath you is changing uh, yeah, that's always that's always a fun when it's a moving target of like obviously it's our intention to release content as soon as it's relevant. You know, like if we waited until the official release of something, 
to start producing the content right. on it, then it'd be too late. So un, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, the, the way that we work is is to try to get ahead of it. But what that means is it's a moving target and, and things could be slightly different in the beta version than the live version. So maybe you have to amend things just before you record it, or maybe we have to go back a few weeks after after the official release and then um, release our our updated uh, version of the course but it's 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 our intention to be of most uh, benefit to our users in a timely fashion and so that's that's how we work but I'm glad that you had that kind of that experience of of learning as you were teaching and I find yeah that's that's the best way that that I found to 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 learn anything is if if I've if I know I've got to explain it in a way where you know potentially millions of people are going to like have that aha moment then I've got to really clearly understand this in a way that I can say it uh, as clearly as possible yes for sure that's always a nice little incentive <laughs> am i going to look like an idiot or am i going to right yeah yeah <laughs> people going to question my uh my competence or no right right for sure <laughs> Have you ever wished that you had a group of people that were just as passionate about writing code as you are? I know I did. I did that for most of my career. I'd go to the meetups. I'd try and create other opportunities. And it was just really hard, right? The meetups, I got some of that, but they were only like once or twice a month. And it was just really hard to find that group of people that I connected with and, and really wanted to, you know, talk about code a lot, right? I mean, I love writing code. I think it's the best. And so I've decided to create this community and create a, a worldwide community that we can all jump in and do it. So we're going to have two workshops every week. One of those or two of those every month are going to be Q&A calls, right, where you can get on, you can ask me or me and another expert questions. Uh, the rest of them are going to be focused on different aspects of career or programming or things like that, right? So it'll go anywhere from like deployments and containers all the way up to managing your 401k and negotiating your benefits package. Well, we'll cover all of it. Okay. And then we're also going to have meetups every month for your particular technology area. So we have shows about JavaScript, React, Angular, Vue, and so on. We're going to have meetups for all of those things. I'm going to revive the freelancer show. We'll have one about that, right? So you can get started freelancing or continue freelancing if that's where you're at. And I'm working on finding authors who can actually do weekly video tutorials on something for 10 minutes that's related, to, again, to those technology areas so that you can stay current, keep growing. So if you're interested, go to topendevs.com slash sign up and you can get in right now for $39. When we're done, that price is going to go up to $75. And the $39 price gets you access to two calls per week. The, the full price at $150, which is going to be $75 over the next few weeks, that price is going to get you access to all of the calls and all of the tutorials and everything else that we put out from Top End Devs along with member pricing for our remote conferences that are coming up next year. So go check it out, topendevs.com slash sign up. All right. So I will go first uh, and uh, let the guests go last. Uh, you know, my usual week uh, ending of these podcasts is with the dad jokes. So today will be no different. Um, you got to dig through my list here. So uh, New Year's coming up. You know, a lot of people do New Year's resolutions. And uh, so what I've decided this year 
is I'm going to open a gym. You know, a lot of people want to exercise, right? And get into shape. Yeah. Uh, I exercise quite a bit, you know, uh, just to keep into shape. Otherwise, I'd look like a giant marshmallow. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open a gym called Resolutions. So it'll have exercise equipment for the first two weeks, and then it turns into a wine bar for the rest of the year. <laughs> right? Because that's the way resolutions usually go. Um, so, uh, you know, talk, you hear the jokes about, you know, somebody walks into a bar and such and such happens. So uh, a skunk, a deer, and a duck went out to dinner. But when it came time to pay, the skunk didn't have a cent, the deer didn't have a buck, and so they put it on the duck's bill. <laughs> cringing over here steve yes yes you're <laughs> laughing too i can hear it you know it's funny there back in uh, when i was in high school back in the <clears throat> 80s um there was these shirts that were duck shirts and they had all these duck puns about uh, mallard adjusted and and so on i loved them and i had one that said uh, just another bill you know it says a duck paying a bill or something like that yeah. i wish i still had it. it was so good um and then, you know, we always talk about developers having side gigs. And so I started one, a school, speaking of schools, you know, View Mastery, uh, where I was going to teach people the art of clairvoyance. But unfortunately, it was shut down due to unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> right. It's like the, the time I went to the uh, I went to see a clairvoyant, a, a fortune teller, and I knocked on the door and she said, who is it? And so I left. <laughs> Now, if she doesn't know who I am, how she's going to be able to help me. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, those are the dad jokes of the week. Uh, what do you got for us, Adam, in terms of picks? What do I got? So my picks, so non-tech related, I am definitely on the White Lotus bandwagon. I'm not sure if you've seen that or heard you know, of that. Somebody was starting in our company Slack. Somebody started a channel specifically devoted to the White Lotus. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, okay. I don't even know what it is yet. Yeah, it's it's so it's it just uh, concluded its second season. I haven't uh, finished the final episodes, but it's basically a, a mystery. It's kind of almost like like Clue, you know, like Who Done It type thing. And you know that, uh, and this is not a spoiler, but like in in the beginning of each season, you you realize that someone has died, but they don't. You don't know who. You don't know how. And then throughout the course of the season they kind of like build up it's really excellently written where it could be anyone it could be anyone who is a is a killer or is the victim and uh and you don't know until the very last moment so it's just really really good writing and and it's got humor in it jennifer coolidge is excellent in it and uh so that would be my top non-tech pick but i also have a tech pick um called view fire have you heard of this view fire i have not this is uh, one of the newer projects that uh, Eduardo uh, San Martin Morote is working on. So he ah. he he built for those of you not aware, he built View, View Router as well as Pinya. Uh, so he also has been working on, and it'll officially be released uh, soon. Maybe by the time some of you hear this. Um, so so Viewfire is essentially a, a collection of composables that helps us use Firebase in our view apps so we're really excited about having a kind of post spa approved and designed uh way to use firebase and i'm sure it's going to be 
an excellent tool, just like Pinion, just like ViewRouter is. He's he's a very brilliant mind and and one of my favorites in the in the View ecosystem. So I'm happy that he has this new tool under his belt uh, for us all to use. We're actually working on a course uh, on Firebase and using ViewUse. Uh, so it's going to be a Firebase Foundations course that we're releasing in the coming weeks. And um, so yeah, you'll you'll learn all about this tool. And I also want to just plug that'll be a, a prerequisite for we're working on uh, more Nux content. So we've got Steve's Nux Three Essentials. We've got Ben Hong, who is a Nux ambassador. He built a uh, course on how to create a blog with uh, Nux Three's content module, which is a nice uh, nice way to. Uh, build a content-driven uh, app, um, and he's working on a full-stack Nux3 course where we're going to really focus on intersectionality, where we're combining Nux3 with Firebase using uh, the ViewFire and also styling it with Vuetify and throwing in some composables, so really uh, baking the cake with a lot of those intersecting technologies that a lot of the View pros want to use together. So... Viewfire is sort of like mongooses for Mongo with node type of thing, where it's just sort of like an SDK where it gives you ways to plug in and it does all the dirty work communicating with Firebase. Yeah, via com- via like elegant composables is, is my understanding. Oh, okay. Definitely View 3 then for sure. Yep, yep, for sure. Excellent. All right. Well, I've got those noted down and we will throw those into the show notes. Awesome. Uh, so if people want to get hold of you or give you more money just for free, you know, or <laughs> anything like that, obviously we know View Mastery. Any follow you on Twitter or where else can people get a hold of you? Yeah, the uh, you can follow me at Adam Jar. That's J A H R um, on Twitter, as well as you know, check us out on YouTube with our View Mastery uh, channel. You can subscribe and watch all of the free content that we publish there, and also, of course, uh, our the heart of everything is at viewmastery.com where all of the free stuff lives in addition to all of the conference videos as well as all of the current and existing courses on all the topics you need to be the best view developer you can possibly be awesome all right well thank you for coming adam this has been a lot of fun been looking forward to this one for a while uh like you said if you want to check out some uh, amazing view videos go to viewmastery.com and if you want a dad joke five days a week. You can follow me (laughs) at wonder nine five on Twitter. And with that, we will wrap it up. Thank you for coming, Adam. And we will talk at you all next time. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.